Psalm 90, which says at the top, A prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are seventy, or even by reason of strength eighty. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants, and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So far, the reading of God's Word. As we reflect on what we've read, let's sing a couple more stanzas from this psalm. Uh, Stanzas 5. The text that we'll be giving our attention to this evening is the same psalm that we read, Psalm 90. You may be helped by having your Bibles open. We'll be working through it in some detail Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, as well as any guests who are among us this evening, as we stand on the threshold of of 2019, it's a wonderful thing that we get to gather here to worship our God, because in this, not only do we remember that this is what our lives are, we are here to worship, but we're also given the opportunity to stop for a moment and to reflect, both on the year behind us, as well as the year uh, that's now immediately ahead of us, only a few hours away from us. And we can begin to think, how has God used us in this year? How have we used this year? Uh, For many of us, the the turning of of the year is a time when uh, we feel the the pressure of time uh, that that comes on us, and and it seems that time is, is rushing by us. Uh, For some of us, it feels like 2018 just began, and now it's already over. Another year of our life, irresistibly, or excuse me, irreversibly uh, in the past. We can't have it back. Uh, We can't do it over. The time that we spent this past year is spent. Uh, Whether we spent it well or, or chose not to spend it well, either way, it is spent. It's time you don't get back. And so as we also think about the year 
behind us, we might begin by thinking, how did we look at this year, this past year, when it began? Uh, For some of us, as we looked forward to this past year, uh, it was a year full of opportunities, uh, possibilities, uh, things that we wanted to do, uh, perhaps also some things that we, we knew we needed to do. Uh, things, uh, perhaps areas in which we also knew we needed to grow. God was calling us to grow. And, and so the year behind us has, has given us opportunity to do that. And now, as we stand here, we can look back and, and either we used those opportunities or, or we failed to use them, but we cannot get them back. It's a good time to reflect So looking back then on on the past year, how have you grown in the past year? How have you followed the Lord's calling in the past year? How has God been working in your life in the past year? Those are questions we want to be asking. Did you make resolutions in the past year? Were they they worthwhile, uh, lasting, good uh, resolutions? And if you did, did you keep those resolutions. Uh, most of us know some resolutions that we should be making, should have made, perhaps even this past year, and we can ask, how have we been doing on, on those things? Are, there are habits in our lives that, that ought to have been developed. All of us will have some of these habits that ought to have been there by now. Uh, how have they grown in the past year? Uh, So as we stand on this threshold of a new year, we have this opportunity to look back and and reflect on on the year behind us. We also have an opportunity to look forward to the year ahead of us. And Psalm 90 uh, is the prayer of Moses that we just read. Psalm 90 really encourages us in that looking ahead. Having looked back, now let us look ahead. At the year ahead of us, what would God have us do in this year What would God have this year be for us? Uh, Right at the heart of this psalm uh, is is that very profound prayer. Uh, You can spend uh, a lot of time dwelling on this. I think it's very, very profound. That prayer, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That's what the turning of the year does, right? You you count last year, you count this year, and you you, you learn, uh, my, my life is passing. Uh, the, the time that I had, I no longer have. There is less ahead of me, and so I, I number my days. This, this psalm then teaches us to stop, to ponder, to reflect on the course of our lives. And the beautiful thing is this psalm takes a step back where we get to consider the permanence of God. You see that in the psalm, the permanence of God contrasted with the quickly passing days of our lives. And the call through the psalm is, as you consider that, the permanence of God, the eternity of God, and how quickly your life passes by, will you gain a heart of wisdom in the coming year? Uh, So I want to begin there, uh, looking at this, this contrast in this psalm between permanence and transience. Uh, The psalm takes its starting place there in in the very first verse in the permanence of God's existence. And and then it goes from there to explore the transience of of our momentary brief lives. Uh, 
And so the, the psalm begins, O Lord, You have been our dwelling place for all generations. That's, that's where we must begin. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever You had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, You are God. Moses teaches us, in the first place, as we look at the changing of the year, just to stop and worship. God has been here a lot longer than we have. And God will be here a lot longer than we will. That's a pretty good reason to stop and worship our eternal God. Now, I love the phrase that he uses, Lord, you've been our dwelling place. Uh, how often the Psalms use this sort of language, maybe speaking of God as our, our rock, or God as our, our refuge, or God as our hiding place. Uh, here, God, uh, Moses uses a, a slightly different word. He says, God, you've been our dwelling place. In other words, God is the only home that we know. Uh, it is in God that we have our identity, our sense of this is who we are. It is God in, in whom we have this sense of here's where our lives belong. God is our identity. God is our, uh, excuse me, God is the source of our identity and God is the source of our sense of purpose here on earth. Lord, you've been our dwelling place for all generations. Uh, so at the turning of the year, Moses would encourage us, consider in the brevity of your life, the permanence of God who is your home. God who is your home. And just stop and worship Him. You and I, we will pass away. God is forever. Uh, he will lead uh, just as He has led your fathers, your grandfathers, your great-grandfathers, and on through the generations. So He leads you, and so after you pass away, He is there leading your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and on and on until the generations have long forgotten that we ever existed, if God should grant that the earth continue uh, so long. Uh, so what better thing, if that's true, what better thing can we do with our momentary lives than just stop and worship the God who is forever? What's the most meaningful thing you can do with your life? It is to know and worship your Creator who is eternal. Uh, so as we think about the, the transience of our lives, there are, different, there are going to be different reactions to that. Some will, will run and hide from that fact. We don't want to think about how, how short our lives are. And so uh, we'll try our best just not to think about it. It's the sort of uh, dance until we drop kind of uh, philosophy of, of life. Uh, we can just go, 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 go. Think, don't think about you, the fact that you will die. And then that day will come and, and then it comes. That, that sort of dance until we drop. Uh, we can live life that way, running and hiding, or we can consider the brevity of our lives and cause that to, think, to, to, to cause us to think about the God who is forever, uh, from infinite everlasting in the past to infinite everlasting in the future. And as we consider then, if my life is this short, if God is this great, what better thing can I do with this short life 
then serve the God who is that, uh, that great. So the first thing Moses would urge us to do at, at the turning of this year is just stop and worship. Secondly, Moses also teaches us to face the reality of our sinfulness. Perhaps that's a surprising thing uh, as, as you read this psalm uh, in front of us. But Moses spends quite a bit of time on this, doesn't he? Uh, you see how he connects the, the brevity of our lives, which we might just take as a fact of life, but Moses connects the brevity of our lives to the wrath of God against sin. And he spends time on, on that point. Uh, you look at how many times God's anger is mentioned in this psalm. Uh, Verse 7, we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath, we are dismayed. You set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. Uh, Again in verse 11, who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? Uh, Moses spends time on, on this point. The fact that our lives are this short, this brief, uh, this momentary, is not just a fact of life. It's not just a law of nature. It's not just, as many would say, the way life goes, or, or as some would say, the, the circle of life. No, it's the evidence of God's holiness and our sinfulness. That's what Moses sees. We weren't made to die. The fact that we do, the fact that our lives are so small, is evidence of the fact that God is holy and we are sinful. It's the fulfillment of the curse. In the day you eat of it, you shall die. And sometimes when, when people think about how short life is, uh, and, and we stop and think about those, those difficult truths, the fact that we are one day going to have to let go of this life. Uh, we will lay our, our lives down. And, and we, do, we do feel a sense of inner anguish at that fact. Uh, and sometimes we, we can numb ourselves by saying, well, that's, that's just the way life is. That's just life. Every dog has his day. Uh, and, and so we, we make peace with the reality of death. But surprisingly, Moses teaches us not to do so. Do not make peace with the reality of death. Uh, That way of thinking uh, does have have an appearance of wisdom. uh, As some will look at at the shortness of their lives and say, well, my time too uh, must come, uh, and and so I will make peace with with my death. There's an appearance of wisdom there, because they're not ignoring the fact that they will die, and yet it's a dead-end road. There's no hope there. There's no purpose in life there. It doesn't lead, that way of thinking doesn't lead to true wisdom. It only leads to a sort of stoic despair. Moses teaches us not to go down that road, but rather to recognize that the brevity of our lives and the reality of death is the evidence of God's anger against sin. We ought not to numb ourselves against the reality of death. It is painful. And it's painful so that we would think about it. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3 says that God has set eternity in our hearts, even though He has kept it out of our grasp. He has set eternity uh, within our hearts so so that we long for eternity. We long to live forever. That's part of how we were made. and, And we are not doing ourselves a favor by numbing that longing 
and saying, this is just the way life goes. We can't live forever. No, God made us to do so. And yet He has also kept forever, kept eternity out of our grasp, at least here on this earth. And the right response to that is not just to stoically accept that, well, that's the way it is, but rather to feel an appropriate sense of tragedy at that fact. Uh, We were made to live forever, and we long, every one of us does, uh, long to live forever, and yet we must die. And so confess your sin to the righteous and holy God who calls your life to come to an end because of it. And so let me, let me apply this to us also this year. As the year 2018 draws to a close, uh, some of us will start to feel a, a bit of a sense of urgency. My life is passing me by. Uh, and many of us will, will, will... The problem is many of us will feel that sense of urgency in the wrong place. The temptation will be for us to, to make a resolution in this year that this year I will live more. This year I will travel more. This year maybe I will, I will start a new hobby. Uh, maybe even good things. This year I'm going to start exercising finally. Or I'm going to finally uh, start a healthy diet. Uh, or, or finally I'm going to spend more time with my family. All of these are good things, uh, for some of us even necessary things. But if that's our only response to the fact that that life is flying by, it's not going to solve the fact that your life will nonetheless fly by. Uh, We're missing then the point that God wants us to see, which is your life flies by and comes to an end because God wants you to deal with your sin. Uh, God is a righteous and holy God. In fact, it is God Himself who introduced death into this world. Uh, God didn't introduce sin, but God introduced death as a response to sin. Uh, In the day you eat of it, you shall die. Uh, As we fell into sin, God set a limit to our lives, even while putting eternity into our hearts. Uh, He set a limit to our lives uh, so, so that we will recognize that this life apart from God, in sin, cannot go on forever. And that's what Moses then acknowledges in this psalm. We are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have indeed set our iniquities before you. As as we then look ahead to the year 2019, we recognize that it brings us uh, one year closer to that reality of death, to that, that second number on your gravestone, uh, whether that be perhaps many years from now or whether that be only a few years from now. Uh, Let that reality compel you to begin thinking about your sinfulness with the same seriousness that God thinks of it. Uh, Because God has declared sinful flesh and blood cannot inherit eternal life. And so, God's calling to us also through this psalm is, before your years draw to a close, be sure to confess your sinfulness and deal with your sin before the righteous and holy God. Begin to think God's thoughts after Him. Uh, Let the quickly passing years sober you uh, on the the reality of, of your sinfulness. Let it teach you to care about your sanctification, your growth in holiness 
as much as God cares about that. Uh, death, death is not just the way it is. It's not just the natural cycle of life. Uh, there is no wisdom to be found in that philosophy. It is only numbness. Death is rather the great tragedy for which we cry out to God, and in Him only will we ever find the answer to the misery of death. And so while we have breath on this earth, let us confess our sins to God. And then you see Moses also throws himself upon God's mercy. Uh, and that's the last section of, of this psalm. Now I want to admit from the, the outset that the gospel hope in this psalm is somewhat muted. Uh, Moses saw, and, and the Apostle Paul looks back and says this, Moses saw from a distance and as through, through a veil. Uh, they did have the hope of the resurrection in, in Moses' day, but it was a distant hope and somewhat of a vague hope. And yet Moses nonetheless throws himself upon the mercy of God. Uh, he prays to God. So first he worships God in his eternity. Second, he confesses his sin to God. And now he makes his request to God. And it begins in verse 12. Uh, the, the first request is, Teach us through these things to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Uh, that is to say, in, in the first place, God, let Death, have the effect that you intended for it of turning our hearts to yourself. Uh, let the reality of death cause us to not look for our joy, our fulfillment, our hope here in this short, brief life, but rather let, us, let death turn us back to you as our creator and the one for whom we were made. Uh, let the surprisingly uh, small number of our days, it, it's actually only uh, 30,000 days for the average Canadian, that's 80-some, I can't remember the exact number, but 80-some uh, years, uh, you boil it down, it's only 30,000 days, including today, so you just lost uh, another one. Uh, let that fact teach you to direct your hearts to God, who is eternal, while you still have breath in your lungs. Let's not be the fools, uh, and there are many of them, who pretend and, and believe that they're just going to live on forever here on earth, and so they take no thought of eternity. Uh, there are many Canadians who live life that way, and sadly, there are many professing Christians who live life that way, not giving a thought to eternity. And so that's Moses' first prayer, that God would teach us wisdom as we number our days. And then Moses prays for God's mercy. He says, Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants, and satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Uh, now again, I, I admit the, the resurrection hope in that prayer the, the hope of resurrection is, is somewhat muted, uh, even though they did have hope. And yet what Moses prays here uh, is nonetheless a prayer that finds its answer in the resurrection that comes in Jesus Christ. And Moses' prayer in, in that verse, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love. Uh, his prayer is that in God's way, in God's time, uh, we mortal and sinful people of God would nonetheless experience God's love and, and the joy and the satisfaction of God's 
favor for which we yearn, for which we were made, that somehow God would let us enjoy that. And that can only come from God's presence. And that's a prayer that is answered ultimately in Christ. How do we enjoy the love of God's favor? How are we satisfied in the morning with His steadfast love? It is only in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as Christians now... Looking forward to 2019, we ought to still have that heart of wisdom. We ought to still number our days. It is true that the saying that now young people love to say, YOLO, you only live once, that phrase is true, though that phrase in itself has more to do with that philosophy of despair than it has to do with the gospel. It's just making peace with death. Uh, And yet there is truth to it that God has given us a certain number of days here on earth. And we are to number those days and live wisely uh, in light of them. But as Christians now, we can number our days also with an abundant and overflowing joy. Uh, that, That wisdom that Moses calls us to is a wisdom that can be saturated in joy as those who know that, yes, God has given us a limited span of time here on earth, and yet God showers us with His love and then welcomes us into eternity. Uh, The wisdom then uh, that we as Christians have as we number our days is is not a resigned and hopeless wisdom that, that merely says, well, I guess we better make the most of the time that we have But it's more of a gospel wisdom uh, that says, I will follow God's calling here while I'm on earth, and then I will follow God's calling on into eternity afterwards. I will enjoy His steadfast love in heaven, and I will enjoy it in the time God gives me here on earth. That's a joyful wisdom that comes from numbering our days. And even though, again, the gospel hope may be somewhat veiled, somewhat muted in this psalm, that is precisely the sort of wisdom to which Moses also calls us, a joyful wisdom that finds joy in the love of God. His prayer in the next verse is, Make us glad for as many days as we have seen affliction. And that's a prayer that's answered not just once, but a thousand times over in Christ. God doesn't just give us in Christ as many days afterwards as we've now experienced affliction, but God gives us eternity afterwards for the the short time of affliction we have here. You think of the words of the Apostle Paul, this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And he also prays, I want to spend a a moment on this, he also prays in the next verse, let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. I had to think for a while and and, and struggle over this verse. What exactly is Moses praying for as he prays that? Let your work be shown to your servants. Let your glorious power be shown to their children. Well, this is where the gospel is hidden in seed form here in in Psalm 90. Uh, To understand this prayer, you have to again think of this contrast between the the eternity of God and and the brevity of of our lives. And it's in that context that Moses prays, Now in this short life, O God, let your work 
be made known to us. Let us have an understanding of your purposes and let our lives then be used for your purposes. Uh, in, in other words, let us begin to see already here in this life your plans and purposes for us so that we may be used by you and so that your eternity might be brought into this moment of our transience. Your glorious power might be shown in our weak, frail, and fragile lives. It's, it's a prayer of uh, essentially then surrendering our lives over to God. If my life is this short and your eternity is this long, then grant, O oh God, that your power would be shown here in my short days that you would step into, break into, if necessary, my short life, so that I would experience your power and your work in my life, because that's the only significance that my life will ever have. It is only significant insofar as God works in me and through me. And that, brothers and sisters, uh, is my prayer also for us as a church in in this coming year, uh, that it would be a year that we with wisdom, numbering our days, would not waste our lives pursuing things that will only pass away, but rather uh, that we would begin to experience or or experience all the more God's work among us as our lives are put to use by Him uh, in, in accomplishing things that are much greater than what we would accomplish by our strength in the short span of our own lives. And and that's actually Christ's promise to us. Uh, John 14, verse 12, it's an amazing promise. As, As the Lord Jesus was doing mighty works, He says to the disciples, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in Me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will He do, because I am going to the Father. It is God's purpose for us in Christ uh, that our earthly lives, though they quickly pass away, might be marked by His presence and His power among us uh, so that His eternity and His power would break into our uh, brevity, our momentary lives to make something permanent of a life that would otherwise just pass away. Uh, So, brothers and sisters, as we look ahead to this year, let this be all of our prayer as well. Uh, Let us not go forward making our resolutions by our own strength, wondering, asking ourselves the sort of question, what will I make of this coming year? Because if, if this year will only be what I make of it, it will be a year that will pass away into absolute irrelevance. But if instead we ask, what might God do in me and through me in this year by His power, through His Spirit which He's given me in Christ, that will be a year that will have lasting and abiding impact. And that's actually Moses' final prayer in this psalm. In the very last verse, in verse 17, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. It is not the sort of New Year's resolution that says, let us establish 
the work of our hands. That's almost the the prayer of, of the people of Babel as they built that tower. We will establish the work of our hands. And God frustrated that. Uh, it's not the sort of New Year's resolution that says, let me make something permanent and lasting of, of my life in this year. But rather it's the prayer, let God dwell in me in this year. Let God work within me and make his power known in my life so that he might do something eternal and abiding through my own weak, frail, and passing efforts. So as we look ahead to this year, uh, let that be where we begin. Asking the question, what would God call us to do and work on in this year that he might work on in us and through us? Uh, it's, it's good that we make resolutions. It's good that the, the turning of the year would cause us to think about what have we done with the past year? What is God calling us to do with the next year? But let, let those commitments not be centered on what we will do in, in ourselves, but let them begin with the humble realization that we will accomplish nothing at all of lasting value except if God dwells in us and among us. So then, to, as we look at this psalm, let us in the first place, in the turning of this year, stop and worship which we've already begun to do in this very moment. That's what we were made for. Let us also face and deal with the reality of our sin, confessing our sin to God while we still have breath in our lungs. And let us look forward to the coming year, rejoicing in the love of God, the favor of God that has been shown to us in Christ. And as those then who are reconciled to God, restored to His favor, uh, let us also pray that in this year, He would be at work in us and among us to accomplish His great purposes. Amen.